back to it. Yes, yes, we are. We are live. Hi, everybody. It's Hi. Evening. Um, welcome to the Fox 10. Uh, different background. I was playing with something. It's actually an old background, but I was just playing with something different, something new. And actually, I just didn't have time because I've been painting my arse off for St. Patty's Day. So you guys, if you noticed on Facebook or if you've been paying attention, all those pictures I've been posting on Facebook about that damn thing. <laughs> it's, I have to decorate a bus. She's I'm painting like, a bus. She's decorating a bus. It's a 36 foot long, you know, the bus transportation vehicles that people take and ride back and forth to work. Well, there's the bus and there's the van that will be in the St. Patty's Day Parade. So I have to do both sides of the bus and the top. So 36 feet long and the top is 25 feet long. You know, so I'm getting, I have four by eight sheets. I'm painting giant leprechauns and giant rainbows and sparkles. Buses and everything is going to look amazing. So for you people in the neighborhood, where is the, the parade going to be? Pittston. Pittston. If you're in Pittston, you go for the St. Patty's Day Parade, you know that the bus is decorated by Gina and she'll be like this for days afterwards because she'll I'm be, be so attraction. She'll oh. be an attraction. Yeah, and I love this Loki in, in, in our Twitch room says, yes, she is crazy. Yes, she is. We love her just the same, but we know that she's crazy. <laughs> yep. So I've been doing that. I've been painting, 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 and now the, the Lenten meals are starting up again. So I've been working my butt off of that too, you know. And Mama. I went back to work. Is I'm torturing back the people in, this, in the office. <laughs> <laughs> she's, yep, she's back to torturing everybody. You know, the poor people. Um, they love me. Yeah. They have my clothes. Hey, you know what? I don't know where this where his intro is. Uh oh. Where is Michael's intro? I don't know. Hold on, people. We Mike, Michael. I know you can hear me. We seem to have lost your intro, so just hang tight. Okay, guys, keep talking, Mama D. <laughs> this intro here. I'm gonna have to. Um, I'm gonna have to load it up. I guess. I thought I put it on here. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I love this one. Hello, ladies. It's Holy loading. Moses. I'm it's, a dog. Yay. It is loading. But um, hi, Holly. How are you? Yeah, it's been it's been trying, um, you know, a few weeks. And then I had my first cortisone shot ever mm. in my knuckle. And that is painful. That is it definitely. is. Like I said, if they hit, if they give you the needle cortisone shot and they hit exactly where the pain is, you are going to be building me like three castles for the amount of swearing from the pain. I was. But, I'm panicking because I did it, what, the, um, not yesterday, the day before. Mm -hmm. I had to go do the meals the next day and I wanted to paint some more before the meals, you know, all this stuff. And I couldn't grab anything. I'm going, no, never again. Oh my God. But now it feels good. I, yeah. And I still have the lumpy thingy. I have like a, Burst, burst. Mm -hmm. When cortisone kicks in, it's amazing. Right. So it's like, yeah, but it, the shot, if they do it right, you're not a happy bunny when it happens. Right. I luckily never had that issue. This is this is tonight's show though. Right. So we have I have three of his books. He's got four out now. And he's actually working on another one. Um this this is like a great little Bible to have. A new now, unbelievable, and in search of blessed wives. I do not have bliss. I am waiting to get, I have to get bliss. Um, but we're going to be talking about these with Michael. He is a return guest tonight. He has been on the show before. And now his 
bio is loaded. So let me play that and we'll get him on here. And you guys might remember him, but he's a really cool guy. He knows a lot, a lot about spirituality. Good evening. I am Gina B here with Mama D every Thursday evening from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here in the Fox Den. Tonight we have Michael Goddard. He authored In Search of Lost Lives, a winner of the American Book Fest Best Book Award, the Living Now Book Award, the Body, Mind, Spirit Book Award, and the National Indie Excellence Award. His new transformative book, A New Now, Your Guide to Mastering Wisdom Daily, Achieving Equilibrium, and Empowering Your Nobler Self, gives readers an invaluable guide to awakening and empowering their higher consciousness so they can readily navigate their life successfully, happily, easily, and discover how to live in their new now. When readers embark on this journey, they will experience a treasure trove of practical wisdom that will guide them step-by-step to their new now. Michael's fascinating journey began after his family moved from Illinois to California when he was just 10 years old. He started actively searching for the truth about death and how to attain true immortality with everlasting bliss. He began daily meditation at age 19, and at 21, he began to meditate for over two hours daily. For more than three decades, he also has been actively developing his sense of knowing and accessing his higher consciousness. Unexpectedly, in March of 2013, he began to recover exact amazing details about 88 of his past lives, which were recounted in In Search of Lost Lives, the only book to depict the spiritual evolution of a being across thousands of lives. His other books include Bliss, 33 Simple Ways to Awaken Further, which sold over 38,000 copies, and The Spiritual Revolution, A Seeker's Guide, which Hollywood spiritual film an entertainment festival named Best Spirituality Self-Help Book, and Australia's leading spiritual bookshop named it one of the 10 greatest metaphysical books ever written. He is here now to share his wisdom with us in the Fox Den, and we welcome you, Michael. Hi, Michael. Hey guys, it's so great to be back with you and, and the audience. Thank you for the wonderful introduction. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. You did so beautifully done. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. You know what is funny is I actually made a new audio the other day and I found my old audio and I said, you know what? I like the old one better than the one I just made. Oh, okay. <laughs> it seemed like I was hurrying the other one. You know, yeah. I'm like, no, I'm just going to use the old one. Um, Holly, hi, Holly. And she just said that she gets those shots in her lower back and they work great. Uh, cortisol. Oh, my God. I wish I could get one right in my shoulder blade from all this painting that I'm doing. It's like, ugh, craziness. But now, Michael, you just moved again. Well, not again. I had lived in Palm Springs for 21 years, which is unbelievably a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I moved uh, to South Orange County, and actually I came here when I finally, I started wanting to be a writer a month after I started my junior year abroad in England, uh, and that was triggered uh, from a past life 
two lives ago when I lived in England. I was alive during the golden age of the novel, and I have developed this very strong desire to write novels. So that is what I call congealed into a destiny karma. So a few weeks after I landed in England, I began writing this experimental avant-garde novel and just loved it, was very encouraged. So long story short, uh, I had to earn a living. So I was working at the B of A as a manager in the tax department. And finally, I couldn't get up one morning. My back was completely out. And um, I decided I really had to commit myself to being a writer. So I moved to Irvine 40 years ago to be a writer. And now I am back in South Orange County. In the meantime, I lived in San Diego. I got a, an MFA in Ohio, your neighbor. Uh, that's like a, a terminal arts degree. So um, I'm out of the tax world. I, the IRS requisitioned my tax brain, so I won't be able to entertain any tax questions, I don't think. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, oh, well, that stinks. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in tax mode over here. and I, I have so much to... No, actually, I'm getting... This will be a very involved return. I'm having quite a go at it. Um, so it's wonderful to be uh, in Orange County. I'm just under 10 miles from the ocean. Oh, wow. and, and I abut a nature preserve. I don't see anything but hills behind me. Oh, wow. Wow, that's awesome. My so, house yeah. in Oxford was like that. When I bought it, they said mm -hmm. you know, all the land that was next to it, that no one could build on it because none of that land perked, right? Mm -hmm. And then what happened was two guys owned it. One guy bought the other guy out finally, right? He waited. He owns like mega land all over the place. Well, then all of a sudden, since the other guy's out, Lo and behold, everything parks. So then they started building all this stuff. I sold my house just in time because they built everything. So, you know, that ruined the whole view of everything. Oh, sure. Yeah, and destroyed all the forest that I loved. I mean, I went out there one day and I heard all this noise. They had this big thing. I'd never seen anything like it. It was a big truck, big arm, a big blade, and it was just... This thing came out, it was grabbing the trees and this other blade was going whoom and just knocking these trees down in like a second. I mean, a bird wouldn't even have time to fly off a branch. I was like, ah, you know, I, I was freaking right out. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, my animals and this, you know, and this was before winter. I'm like, why are they doing this? They can't build now anyway. You know, why are they knocking this stuff down in the winter? And then they did, they left for the whole year. So I don't know. But um, yeah, I was doing hearts because of, Bob is my baby. Came on and gave us some hearts. <laughs> so, so anyway, yeah, sidetracks, you know, this is the first shiny ball. Um, but, you know, I loved, I loved having that view, that nature view is just amazing. That's great. I, I, I really need it. I mean, there's a, there's a big lake here and it's very sought after view, but it's surrounded by buildings. You know, I, I just want to be in a place kind of neutral and where I won't pick up mental vibrations. So, I mean, I just love to look at green. So it's very restful uh, mentally. And that's important for people um, to really find the best environment you can that, with which you resonate. Um, and I get steps to achieve that in my book, and Now, um, which is, I actually, I, I've got a recent review and it, it says, 
The Bible is supposed to be an instruction book for life. This truly is a new now instruction book for life. Hey, oh, nice one. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, quote it is. it's been a while since I've read this book, but I remember that if we ask someone to come back on, then the book is amazing. So y'all know yeah. it as it is, right? So he's back, okay, people. And, um, and, and it was, it was a while. Like I dog-eared some pages and whatnot, but um, I, I was kind of reviewing and going back over things and I, I just, I, all these books, this one, especially too, it, it is like having a little Bible. It's things that you would think you would know by yourself, but someone needs to remind you of, you know, mm -hmm. um, sometimes it, we think, we think so things are so complicated that it's just, it's the simple little things. And this is what this book does. It gives you the simple, the simple things that, that you kind of go, Hey, I need that, but I shouldn't, I, I knew it, but I didn't, didn't know it. it was sort of sitting back there instead of sitting here where we can bring it forward more. So, yeah. Well, well, what, um, prompted it, this was actually after I took a year off from, uh, writing fiction and I didn't write. And it was really one of the toughest years of my life. I was, very, very sad. And I came back because I had a very involved, sophisticated tax practice. And I, I went on a meditation retreat in India and I came back and I thought, I don't care if I spend 15 minutes a day writing, I'm going to write. Well, I felt I needed two, at least two hours to get into the fictional world. So I decided mm -hmm. to write nonfiction. And immediately I thought, I'm going to give people the foundation of spirituality in the most concise, size yeah. principles. So what what spiritual yeah, revolution is to read and easy to follow. to read and and do any exercises you want. It's it's all the principles of spirituality. And by the uh, time my second tax season ended, I had the first draft, and uh, it was wonderful to get that book out. And it just had its twenty fifth anniversary. Uh, once uh, eventually soon, I hope it'll be reissued. Uh, the 25th anniversary. Nice. Yeah. That would be awesome. That would, that would be. Kudos for you, you know, for sure. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. We got to keep announcing the book so that it can get that second second wave. Right, right. Definitely. So you, if you guys want to see the books closer, I have a picture right there. So oh. that's that's all of them um, that he has out right now. Um, on oh. Oh, and actually, I have I do have some news about a new now. It's now won nine book awards. Really? Yeah, it's, I people said they've never heard of us. It's won nine book awards and honors. Technically, it's won eleven book awards and honors. But um, I'm I'm really thrilled about that. That uh, that the reviewers and judges have really recognized the quality of that. And I'm a lucky one that has it. You too can have it. Are they anywhere books are sold? Amazon? What? Yeah. Can they order them through your site? Um, no, actually, I didn't. But they can go directly to Amazon from my site, which is Goddard.com. It's just my last name. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. My last name. And you can read excerpts, and I have all kinds of interviews on there. Cool. Cool, cool, yeah, cool. And, and free media, free media. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. So, so now, well, just kind of give a synopsis of how this is set up. Well, well, the premise of the book is empowering people to live the best life possible. It's, it's really clarifying what your mind is and what your soul is. There's a lot of confusion out there between soul and mind. And um, who we are, our true identity is the soul, which is the spark of God, is the eternal spark mm -hmm. of perfect love and perception. And to operate in the physical plane, well, first of all, when we came down from God, when we went into the mental planes, we had to take on the association of a mind. And there are three mental realms called, in, in English, they're called the causal plane, the astral plane, and then the physical world. So naturally, to enter the physical world, we needed a body. And any all the women who have given birth can attest to that, that they, they carried a body for nine months and, and gave birth. So the function in this world were really three very different kind of entities, you know, your body, your mind, and your soul. But most people just think of themselves really as their mind. Um, and right, they, that's the thing that's foremost. Yeah, and they completely identify with, with their thoughts. They think their thoughts are them rather than just stuff the mind is generating. And very early on in the book, I differentiate between the higher mind the habitual mind and the lower mind. What I discovered in, in Search of Lost Lives, my memoir of 88 Past Lives, is that most of my existence of human lives, and I did recover that I had 4,137 human lives on oh. three planets. And the first two planets I lived on were um, really more spiritually evolved than Earth. Earth is is really now, very. Was it before Earth was created, or was Earth created? Well, I, I, I don't know uh, because I wasn't here at that time. But well, um, we're a baby planet compared to most. Yeah, yeah, probably. But but this is the third planet I've occupied. I didn't jump back and forth between planets because mm -hmm. one of the spiritual laws of creation is that you tend to go where your attachments are. So you come back. I mean, some people reincarnate and their family members are very familiar. Um, I have one life in particular where that was the case, where I was meant to, that was my life when I was a Hungarian nobleman. And I'd had quite a few past lives with every family member but one. And we were there to really exult in our family harmony and engender love. Anyway, coming back to my point, all those lives, my lower mind was predominant most of the time. I mean, I'm sure when you think about people you know and their behavior, some people can be very kind and loving at times, and other people, and then they can be angry at other times. They, they can have a short fuse. Mm -hmm. Their behavior really runs the gamut. Well, 12 lives back, my higher mind finally became predominant, and that's when I took a birth in Tibet. Now, the two lives prior to that, my lower mind and my higher mind were pretty much in balance. So just to really explain really briefly the difference, your higher mind is your, is your nobler, better mind. It's the part of you that wants to be kind and be of service, and it's the more spiritual you. 
the lower mind is the mind that's a slave to the senses, and it, it really gets into anger and lust and attachment. I mean, they're all the what we call the, the mental passions, attachments, and ego. Uh, I'm sure many of us have known some very egotistical people who are driven by power. Just look at a few politicians. And you'll see some good examples of the lower mind uh, being predominant. And what I call the habitual mind, which no one's really identified before, is really the part of you that shows up every day, the part of you that will brush your teeth, take out the garbage, you know, show up at work. It, it's sort of your everyday showing up self. So 12 lives back, my higher mind finally became predominant. And in that life, I was associated with Buddhism. And there were two monks in particular that made an impression on me because I experienced human beings who had evolved beyond what I had known. And I became very inspired. And from then on, I was sort of a crash course in spirituality. Um, the way In Search of Lost Lives is arranged, it, it goes back in time. Um, and, and reading the book, you can see how I became spiritualized in certain ways. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that funny? It's like it's, it's a progression. Yeah, I, I mean, I debated um, having it start with my planets and everything, but I thought that'd be a little bit too far out for people. So the last two lives, uh, when I was an Englishman, there's a wealth of detail to really ground people. And yeah. and, and yeah, all the lives them, I had. Some of them you kind of go quickly through and, and yeah, very detailed. But, but usually, but really, I never, when I began to recover the past lives, I really only wanted to know my last four lives. And I had curiosity about a, a lot of, um, the subtitle of the book has the word sanskaras in it. Um, and saskaras is a Sanskrit word meaning impressions from a past life. So I had all these interesting particular talents and aversions and personality traits. And I always wondered where they came from. And so in the book, it lists in the, in the beginning uh, a lot of the peculiar things about me. And I end up linking them to particular past lives. Right. So, the book very much defines that who we are is defined by who we've been in a past life. We, we get that. We get. We just yeah. did this with Raven. We went back, and I was actually shown um, two of the lives I've seen before, but now I know why. You know, oh. brought forward, and she was actually, um, wait, just for lack of a better word, a mermaid. Like a mer, well, mer person, oh, mer person, mer merman. Man. Man. Was male in that life? Yeah. Oh, really? A mer. So he, he so, lived in the water. Yes, I oh. could. I could actually. Can you see the mermaid statue behind me? It's very yeah. small. It's very yeah, but it's on. It is. It's on that shelf. Yep. It's a mermaid. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was wild, and um, but you know, different people do these past lives for different things, for different reasons. You know, why are we going back in our past lives? You know, some people will, will we have on like Chris Lee will take us back in our past lives to remove fears and phobias. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
of things from our past lives. So everything definitely carries through our traits, everything, our artistic abilities, our writing abilities, our song abilities, whatnot too, you know, um, things like that, creativity. Right, and we can prepare for a life in between lives. I mean, somebody like Mozart or Picasso don't come in completely incognizant of music or art. I mean, you know, he, Mozart was a, a boy genius from, from the get-go. Yeah, so definitely reincarnation, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> people are not meant, one of the rules of the physical world is that people are typically, hikers are typically not meant to recall your past lives, partly because, or mainly because, if you knew what suffering you had endured, you wouldn't want to stay. You'd want to get out of this physical world. Yeah. Um, but I, one of the things I worked on in my meditations between lives was how to traje project myself across thousands of years to capture details. So when I was recovering my past lives, the details I was reliving were more real than when I was in elementary school. Now, how, I, were you, how, how were you recovering these past lives? I mean, were you um, going just with meditation, doing this yourself? You well, if I was I was really in my, my higher mind and was sort of like, well, your soul uh, knows everything. I mean, your, your soul is, is pure perception. But because we have, we've had all these lives through all the forms of life, you know, plant life, insect life, animal life, but mainly the human lives, you developed all these layers of mind, so we can't access it. So all the decades of meditation I've done, and as since I was a teenager, I've been working with my intuition. So I kind of developed a system with my higher mind to not only access things and see them, but know what was true and what wasn't true. But, but really, most of the writing of the book, I was directed by my higher mind. I thought I'd end up with many pages I would share with a few friends. I kept getting directed to recover groups of lives. So there are four groups of seven lives each, where each life had what is called an evolutionary spiritual experience. So one of the points of the book was to kind of show that reincarnation is real but also to give a sense of all of our comings and goings across time. And also to show you how, what a precious gift your human life is, because I include 12 lives where my hurtful actions outweighed my better actions. And I didn't come, get to come back as a human, I came back as an animal. And a lot of those animal lives were pretty tough, um, actually. Well, they do say that about the karma, karma type things. You know, if you're really, really, really bad, you can come back as like insects, worms, larvae, this, that, the other thing, and kind of basically starting over again. Right, right. Now, I, I never recovered a life when I dipped below the animal kingdom. I never went down to a bird. But, you know, I, I think it can happen. I did recover lives when I went to what I call in neutral language, the a state of reformation, which in ordinary parlance is called hell. So I went to these hells for what was like an eternity of suffering uh, until I paid off. It was, but I was reformed. My personality was reformed to have a higher regard for human life. The first life I recovered, Gina and Mama D, was when I was a ruler of a country, 
about the size of Vietnam, and I started an unnecessary war, and over a quarter of a million people were killed as a result. So that's the first life I recovered uh, when I was on another planet. What did you write in here? I think it was a holy shit. I was. <laughs> yes, holy shit. <laughs> it was awesome. When, when that life came back to me, I just literally kind of rolled off my recliner and rolled into a fetal position. I felt so horrible. Oh, it, was, it was really heavy. But that it was, was a fascinating, it was a really fascinating life. And and there's that's what I call a notable life. That's one of the other terms I created. A notable life, and I have 13 of them in the book, is a life where it's sort of it's kind of bigger, it, it sort of stands out and 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 comes with you. Mm. So Believe it or not, you know, I keep up with international news and what I'm reading about international happenings, it's like my mind is telling leaders what they should do. It's sort of like I, I brought that with me. It's like, well, if I was the ruler of this country, this is what I would do. This is how I would act. I so do that all the time. I always say, if I was president of this country, yeah. it would be really yeah, good. So, so that, was, that was a notable life. But, you know, you don't have to be famous. A notable life, it's just, it's a life of, bigger than your, your other life and, and it stays with you. But I also found out there, there are three lives that I resonate with the most of life. And the first was when I was a Greek philosopher. Uh, of, okay. of my last 50 lives, that was the life when I was riches. And I was able to, you know, uh, go to a Greek philosophy school and write scrolls. And um, that, that was quite a fascinating life. And also my life as a Carthusian monk in Slovenia. That was six lives ago. It was after I was a priest in Prague. I was in Prague during the Golden Age when Prague was really a completely happening place. And I had the richest um, not parish in Prague. You know, I was buddy buddies with the Cardinal who actually was one of my best friends in this life. We went to high school together. But, you know, there was just too much to do with uh, the bureaucracy and tending to the selfish needs of the flock. And I was just craving like this pure spirituality. And that's what happened my next life when I was a monk. And I was a very independent Carthusian monk. And I actually, I actually, in this lifetime, came across the monastery I lived in. Ooh. Oh, and it just... You know, just thinking about it brought chills back. It yeah, that would be of, something that would. It was outside of Ljubljana. Like a, a reoccurring dream that someone could have could be visions of a past life. It it could be, um, but you know, I just don't. To be honest, I don't trust dreams. Uh, yesterday morning, I had some really crazy dreams. It's just, <laughs> I just call it. You know, the mind flushing out all kinds of impressions and combining them. I mean. Think of Dolly or a surrealistic painter. That's what your mind is doing with all of the yeah. questions. It's sort of like getting them on a canvas. And but I used, to, I used to, when I was a kid, I used to have the same dream over and over and over again about this specific house. And I would go into the house, and I can I can still see the kitchen. Well, well that, that could be a, a past life uh, dream. I mean, you can have oh. some dreams are actually visions. I mean, nothing is impossible. I mean, Everything is, is quite possible. Anything you can think of is quite possible. In one part of a new book, I um, 
you know, God does not have any name. We talked about this in the last show. I, I coined the term love source with the L and the S capitalized. That's one of my favorite terms for God. But at one point in the new now, I say another name for God is diversity. I mean, God, the love source is experience itself through the creation. So everything under the sun and the moon and dark matter is God, you know, it's a projection of God. Yeah. Yeah. You have to just excuse me. I'm sorry I'm fidgety, but I'm like oh. sore. <laughs> well, yeah, you need to get up and move. I, I know what that's like. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just kind of happy your cortisone shots work. I've, I've had quite a few and they missed the spot. They didn't do anything for me. Oh, yeah, so. same here. I don't, cortisone doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. Yeah, she's sore and I'm, she's sore and I'm freezing. I'm up here in Quebec. I got snow up the yin yang. Oh, <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, we had some snow and sleet and rain and stuff. Oh, please. Your snow is what? This deep? Oh, not even. Yeah, I can't. Mine's over, mine's over eight feet Put on the yeah. winter wipers and that was it. Hey, Roger. Hey, funny mate. Hey, Roger. Hey, Roger. Yeah, Roger was our, our guest last week. Uh, but we, uh, yeah, we the links don't go live until the show goes live. Right, right. So I'm, I've been kind of talking on and on, but anything you want to ask me, I'm happy to address. Well, now you said you started meditating when you were 19. So what what was it that actually prompted that? And then you went from, from that to... Well, really, my spiritual awakening this life uh, really happened when I was 10, right after we moved as you said in the intro, from Illinois to California, I was trying to contact spirit entities through my higher consciousness. I was practicing um, automatic writing. I was practicing self-hypnosis. Um, when I was 12, I came across Edgar Casey, And as soon as I word the read, I, I read the word reincarnation, I immediately recognized it as true. Um, so I really began consciously searching for my spiritual path when I was 11, when I let go of my parents' religion. Um, I knew I wanted to attain an everlasting consciousness of bliss and not have to come back in life after life because it was such a crapshoot, actually. Because the thing people don't realize, and they're not really meant to, but I'm hoping my books will give people an appreciation is you don't have any idea what actions you performed in a past life. So all these actions you've been performing in past lives, you are accruing karmas. Now you have all kinds of good karmas and bad karmas and in-between karmas. But I've been through just a huge wealth of physical suffering this lifetime. That all relates to stuff I've done in the past. You know, um, I'm probably still paying off what happened when I was a ruler. So we can't see the karma unless you're really spiritually advanced if you go beyond the mind. So you don't know what's coming down the pike. This is your chance to get it right, to, to spiritualize yourself, however you are called. And I don't really, I'm not here to point anyone in any direction to other what's right. I, I just would love people to empower their higher selves. Yeah. And a new now can do that, those two books. Yeah. The, the new now is is like a must-have, right? This is like a, the condensed version, 
right? It's like little snippets. Very easy to read things. Very, very concise. I just want to read like some of the some of the uh, the titles that you have here. Like chapter titles. First, you got to realize that you're you're gonna die. <laughs> you're not gonna make it. <laughs> well, I, some I think I called it. This is yeah. a toenail curling kind of book. <laughs> Uh, I gotta, I gotta find it now. I don't, damn it! I don't know where it is. But it was like, yeah, you gotta realize that you, you you're not gonna make it. But oh, I have it here, actually. Okay. But you, you go first. I'm trying. I'm trying to find it. Um, oh, but it, I just love the, the the names of. This is just the um, the contents. You know, transcend the boundaries of race, religion, and who is right. Um, the next one, treat everyone lovingly and thank God for all your gifts. And don't look for true happiness and peace in the world. Look for it within. That's a, that was amazing too. And and all these things, they're very, they're they're short little um, snippets. Like I said, like you could just open a page. You know, like if you needed something in the morning, um, open a page. You know do repetition. I love that. I mean, like, who doesn't know, you know, that's the way practice, practice, practice till you can make it perfect. Um, you have one that's you know, but I still can't find the one that's like, oh my gosh, where is it? Which one are you looking for? When you talk about death. It was oh, well, title. embrace the fact that you're going to die. That's the one. Embrace the fact. Embrace That's the, the first fact. one. Yeah, okay. That's why I can't find it. I start. I always. And then, yeah. And then the subtitle of that is discover yeah. what unquote is going to die, and that's actually where my my um, search began. I I've been raising tropical fish since I was age five, and so every month or two a fish would go belly up, and I'd have to flush it down the toilet. So <laughs> I was well acquainted, unfortunately, with with death at least on the fish in the fish world so i really when i was 11 i really uh faced off the fact that i was going to die and i was trying to imagine what that would be like and i would just start shaking and breaking into a cold sweat my knees would be buckling and i thought there must be something i can do about this i was really precocious but i was meant to i mean this whole life had been mapped out you know yeah i have an odd question Sure. It kind of sort of relates, but doesn't relate. Why do we always flush dead fish? You're not, <laughs> well, not going to swim anymore. It's like no, but it's sort I of like it too, so on it water like, going back to water is the idea. Yeah. And, and if you just put them in the garbage, they're going to smell. So um, yeah, because back in our day, there was no composting and recycling. It was just everything was in the trash. So yeah. 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 Now, now maybe the animals we flush the fish. Yeah. <laughs> flush the fish. Right. Now, in a few of the titles, you mentioned the word within, and I, I, and that's actually something I think a lot of people may not appreciate. Um, and um, and I kind of addressed this when I in the introduction to bliss. When when I say within, it's sort of like when you close your eyes and you're at the eye center, you're which is the uh, seed of your mind and soul, that is the beginning of within. So that is merely the beginning. And when people want to remember something, some people like will touch their foreheads. Uh -huh. But the fact is, 
when you are within, that is the gateway to higher worlds. Mm -hmm. So there are meditations where you can concentrate and collect your mind and soul currents in Pierce, you have an, an energetic aperture. Uh, yeah, and, your yeah. and you can withdraw. It's not an out of body experience. It's going within the body into the, the higher astral realm. Right. So now, everybody, every human has this disability, this capacity. Yeah. Now, in your in your past lives, I, mean, I know that you were a monk and you were, um, mm -hmm. you know, all, all that kind of stuff. Were you ever a shaman? Uh, not that I recovered, actually. Well, I mean, on one of my extraplanetary lives, I call it the spellbinding life. Uh, that was quite a crazy life. I tried to learn how to cast spells, and I uh, a few of them went awry, and they landed on the wrong person. Uh, so that was a life in the planet uh, I called the Zine. Uh, so that was quite an interesting life. Uh, and I don't think I made it back as a human, as I recall. But you know, it was kind of a crazy life. But mm. I, I wasn't a shaman, you know, the way we would define it. Mm. You but, were you were a Hungarian water dowser. Yes, yes. What well, I love the uh, title of that that life. What 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 was that? The smell um, of water. Yeah, oh. Yes, of water. That was a fabulous, uh, interesting life. It was a very poor life, but um, I, I I loved recovering that uh, because I, I I was very connected to that in this life. Interestingly, you know, I thought about it, I, I related to it. What what sign are you? Uh, I was born under the sign of Virgo, so I'm totally a Virgo. Okay. But I mean, I think you know, astrology. You know, there, astrology is sort of a, a science you you can master. Um, but I don't, you know, I've yet to meet um, a, a real master in astrology. I think some of the general things are true. Um, I've had a, I've had a, quite a few locational astrology readings, but the planets are always moving. You know, I, I think it's great. I think I can, you know, I've been into astrology a lot in my 20s and 30s, but, you know, the planets are shifting. So something... I mean, I've had locational readings where the astrologer will say, well, he said, you should move to the Virgin Islands. It's the first place I visited when I decided I wanted to leave Palm Springs. It'd be great socially. It'd be great for your writing. Well, I actually left with the most challenging part of the memoir of past lives. I thought it would take me weeks to write it. Well, it just flowed. It was just, I was amazed how well it, it went. But then, you know, the planet shifted and I decided, the Virgin Islands would be too challenging. Well, I went to the health food store. It was sort of as large as my den. And I thought, no, this is too. And the driving there, I didn't want to live around tourists all the time, which was Palm Springs, actually. I wanted a, a more quiet place. But I love the tropics. So um, all of us, you know, if, if you're searching, if you're seeking, you, you've had quite a few spiritual uh, past lives. And this is the life to capitalize on everything you've done before. Yeah. I just so, find it so fascinating that you can just get so many of them, you yeah. know. For um, all of your past lives, Michael, do you find a, a common link in any of them that bring you as to why? You know, like, because we always have to learn from our, 
our past lives, our past mistakes. And sometimes we bring them into this life or the next life, whatever. But have you ever, with all the past lives that you have, have you ever noticed there's a common link or a com something that you all have in common? Like, did you all have the same birthday? Did you all, you know? Well, well the, only, the only kind of common thread and the common theme which comes through in the memoir is that I was being spiritualized in all kinds of ways. Like one life in Europe, I believe it was in Sweden, I didn't realize that when you killed animals, they felt pain. I didn't have that consciousness that if you kill an animal, they would suffer. Well, I, I got that that life, and that was part of my spiritualization process. Uh -huh. So I was being primed for really kind of focused spirituality, and everything was building up to this lifetime. But, you know, the, the destiny you go through is really a kind of a commendium, a smorgasbord of all kinds of karmas that have come from lives before. And a lot of them, you know, a lot of it is attachment. If you desire, I think a lot of these really brilliant film people, they, they were like alive in the 20s and 30s, and maybe they made a little bit of progress in the movie business, but they had an overpowering business to direct or be famous actors. I mean, why, why do you get these brilliant young actors when they're five or seven or eight? They, they prepared for it. Yep. You know. Yep. I know. I think you're just born into these things. Um, <laughs> I so, just, just talked to my doctor the other day. He, he was showing me pictures because I said I was talking about the artwork I was doing with my hand. And he goes, oh, my God, my daughter is really into art. She's nine right now. And she's like, he showed me some of her work. Something She drew a pear when she was three years old colored it in, shaded it and everything else. Three years old. He said he knew that there was something to her. And I'm like, well, definitely, you know, get her into the arts, you know, pursue the arts with her. And he, he is, you know. Yeah. And, um, but, and yeah. so it's, it's very important to honor those inherent truths and abilities. But, but the main thing, it's like, I mean, I was telling you in our last show that, you know, when I was seven, I started, uh, doing architecture, I was drawing floor plans and elevations. I was building little houses for my HO train set. Well, that relates to three lives ago when I was an architect in Baltimore. And it was just after the American Revolution. And I had four children and I had a struggle to get commissions. And the only thing I was able to design and have built were commercial buildings. So I had this really strong, strong desire to design houses. So my father was selling real estate for a while. And I mean, the first time I saw a floor plan, I just went nuts. I was just thrilled. I was just so excited. So I started drawing floor plans. Well, I came into this life with this very strong desire to do residential architecture. And right after we moved to Marin, I had a portfolio, which we sent to, I sent to the Frank Lloyd Wright Foundation and the head architect, Aaron Green, called me in for an interview. I was like 11 years old. And he said, this is really impressive. When you finish high school, I want you to come here. You have a job waiting for you. Amazing. He, it was amazing. And he gave me an autographed book by Frank Lloyd Wright. <laughs> and I thought, well, am I going to be an architect? No, I, I finished that desire. Uh, I, that, see, that was something I had to go through. So like the whole point of a new now is to empower you to find your own true path. And you may go on detours or 
Yeah, but I mean, what, what we think and feel and do now is not what we're going to think and feel and do next week or next year or 10 years or whatever. Right. I mean, you may you may go through three different, very different kinds of meditation. You, you may do yoga, a certain kind of yoga for 12 years. When I was really meditating daily five lives ago, when I was a business owner in India, I was doing Raja Yoga and I had a guru. I was initiated at a young age. But that ultimately didn't fulfill me. I wanted, I left that life wanting to experience an all-embracing love. I wanted to just feel this love coming at me. Because I was in an arranged marriage, I had three daughters who I loved, but I didn't love my wife. I mean, we got along, but I was really happy when her in-laws came and a friend let me stay at his house and I, I was able to meditate. So what was my life after that life of doing Raja Yoga and being in India? I became an orphan in Denmark. I was dropped off at an orphanage when I was like a little bit over a month old. So I grew up in an orphanage and I left. You had a few Danish things. You had a few Danish and a few Swedish things. Are they kind of like well, well I, I do I do write about five lives when I was in Denmark and five lives when I was in Sweden. But just to finish this most recent life in Denmark, which was four lives ago, I became an actor. And it was all about receiving the love from the audience. Uh, I mean, it's all about exchanging love. I had three female partners that lifetime. You know, part of the time I was, we had our own kind of traveling carriage and we would do these really body acts and I would just, I would just, it was just like uh, ambrosia nectar when I would get the acclaim. And so that was my all embracing love that was being fulfilled from my life uh, in India. But that still wasn't enough. And that led to my life uh, in America. So everything is, everything, the point I want to make, everything is connected. Everything makes sense, but the challenge we've been given by love sources, we may not necessarily know how it's connected, why it's connected, why it's making sense. Yeah, yeah. But everything is is a is for a purpose, and and so um, one of the unusual chapters in the new now is the wisdom of grooming, and when people see that, they may think, huh, what's this all about? And, I supposed to stand in front of a mirror and brush my hair all night? Um, <laughs> well, if you want to, I mean, it'll be good for your scalp and your hair. But I go into the different kinds of grooming. And I end with a very kind of critical part, which is the spiritual grooming. You, you, it's really giving people the opportunity to reorient your life and giving you four choices. And the first choice is to really just follow your desires. You may have taken the spur to experience as much as you can in all kinds of situations. Um, and another another possibility is, you know, maybe you've had a race of family and all your life you've wanted to be an artist or a musician, but you've had to provide for your family and yeah. frustrated. So you can really, and I'm just being very kind of glib and short here, but you can kind of set yourself up to be a, an actor, an artist in your next life. I mean, if a desire is strong enough, it's going to congeal into a karma. The yeah. third option I write about is really, um, and this is sort of taking chance, but like 
being born into a heaven. Now, any inner plane, any inner realm is going to seem like a heaven after you've been in the physical, because there's all the light and sound, which is mystical. But people can be rewarded for heavens. These are for people who've really given selflessly without ego in, in, in helping people, making a better life. You can be rewarded by, you know, maybe, you know, one of my most um, advanced spiritual friends, she wants to come back, you know, she, and she may end up in heaven. Well, the thing is, once you go to a heaven, you may be there for a seeming eternity. It may seem like you're there forever. And it may be what I would call a bespoke heaven, like created just for you. But the fact is, eventually your time in the heaven will be up and you'll have to come back and you'll have to face all the karmas you've, you've carried in your reserve. It's called sentient karma in Sanskrit, it's your reserve karma. So the fourth option is you've seen what horrible suffering there is on earth. I mean, I was just seeing a Time article where three, a whole village was locked in a basement in Ukraine for a month. It's like they had to sleep sitting up. They had one bucket to defecate in. You know, the, the Russians locked them in. I, mean, just, I just can't believe that this goes on today. Yeah, well, it goes on all over the world. I mean, there's slavery all over the world. Yeah. I mean, women are battered and abused all over the world by, by their so-called loving husbands. So maybe you've seen what suffering there is, and you would want an existence of eternal love uh, and an end to suffering. Well, there are spiritual paths that can deliver that. And you can seek that, and that can be your main desire to, to go back to God. Yeah, and you have a lot of step-by-step -step in here. Well, well, actually, the last wisdom, there are three kinds of wisdoms. I have three groupings of wisdoms in the book. There are the 11 loving wisdoms, the 11 guiding wisdoms, and the 11 evolutionary wisdoms. And the last wisdom I write about is the wisdom of seeking God. Yeah. And the last wisdom in um, the second group is the wisdom of God. I write about that. Yeah. I don't know how I did it, but it just came through. It comes to you, right? So, I mean, it comes from somewhere. I, most people, if they're writing metaphysically, spiritually, you know, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff, it's not really them. It's definitely being channeled. It's being filtered. It, yes, it's being filtered through my soul, through my higher mind. It's not coming from any other entity. Now, there are people that kind of basically take dictation from a, another entity or a group, a group of entities. <clears throat> I, I've read and heard about that, but this is purely what my no. higher self is getting. Yes, because you've groomed yourself this whole life, but you've groomed yourself in the past lives. Past to get lives here. Be, yeah, to be this in this life in order to give us your yeah. insight. I, my, my whole approach, and I hope this comes through. Well, I mean, I'm basically a tax accountant who loves to write. And I, I look at the books as really my service. Uh, I hope I'm doing a service, but, but I love writing, you know, and I love having conversations. I mean, if you asked me to give a talk in front of 10,000 people, I don't know what I would say. I would say, are there any questions? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's, that would be the most comfortable thing for me to do. I don't think you'd have a problem. I, I really don't. I think you would just get up there and whatever happens, happens, you know? Yeah. Like I, if I speak in front of a bunch of people, 
uh, by the end of it. I don't know what I said, but it just came through. You know, yeah. if they get something out of it, then they do. You know, um, right. But you, you're definitely like that. You know, because you because you live this. You know what I mean? This is mm -hmm. your life. This is not something you're just writing about, you know. Yeah, it's really everything I, I observed. I mean, I was taking notes when I was in between interviews for In Search of Lost Lives because I was kind of frustrated that I wasn't writing anything new. And I, and the sequel to Bliss, More Bliss, was finished, you know, and I had lots of notes for two other books I hope I get to write, but maybe I won't. But I was taking notes and I went to Florida and I said, well, let me look at the notes. And I started looking at them and I, couldn't help myself. I started to revise them and expand them. But the book really gelled when I was uh, in Delray Beach one evening. And there was this really sweet couple, about 20 years old, having dinner. And every between every bite, they would take a picture and post it, what they were having for <laughs> dinner. And it's like they weren't even talking to each other. They were just posting. Yeah. Uh, yep. and, and it was a very we were the only people in this little vegetarian restaurant. And I thought it, it struck me if, if I, if they were my twins, a boy and a girl, and I was dying of pancreatic cancer, which my mother did very quickly. Oh, she sorry. thought she would live to be a lot older than she was. This is the book I'd want to leave them. And, mm -hmm. I, and that really gelled. And I thought, this is the book I need to complete. And then later on, I was thinking, you know, if I'd had a, a a sister, which my mother always wanted a daughter. She regretted not having a daughter. And she had worked all her life raising a family and working and doing a lot more than her husband. And she finally got to retire. Uh, and she hadn't really lived her life. This is the book I would want to give her. Mm. So she could really begin to lead the life just for herself. Right, right. Her best self. Yeah, a lot of people need that because we do live for other people. We were we were talking about that a little bit before the show. Me and me and Mama, you're muted though, by the way, right? Um, but we, uh, yeah, we we were we we're like, you know, we do this, we do that, we do this for people, you know. And it's like, where is our our time, you know, for us to do something for us? Yeah, I, I mean, it's really important to fulfill your duties and responsibilities, and not. To, take on any commitments you don't think you can fulfill. But being selfish is being, is attending to yourself. Um, and people may think it's selfish to meditate. Well, really, you're raising your vibration and your you whole do. environment and yeah. people around you. Right, you, you do. You need to be centered and grounded and spiritually there if you're going to be doing all this for everybody else. Yeah. Right, I mean, if, 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 you, if you're just sort of helping people out of ego, as something you can put on your resume that really isn't helping people or yourself. So um, the whole idea is, is to inculcate humility and, and to really vaporize your ego and to find the inner work that'll do that. Right. It's, you know, it's a true and tired, maybe tired phrase, but always let go and let God. That's whenever you're going to start something, it's good to remember that. Yeah, that is. Oh, here's the thing. Oh, my goodness. All right. Ooh, she snuck in on time. No, right on time. Holy cow. Okay, listen, we are going to um, take our, our little Athena break. She's going to be bringing us our crystal of the week, which is actually 
this right here we're going to be talking about Silverlight. And um, let me play her little intro. When that's done, she'll be on. And I will see you when she's done. I'll see you in a few minutes. Hello, loves. Yes, just that time I managed between all the kids, which was amazing. And really in part because soccer was canceled because of rain. So here we are. So hello, hello, everyone. Um, I am Athena Barry, Reiki master and author of award-winning book over here, Raise Your Vibes, and um, my new Oracle deck, Raise Your Vibes Crystal Cards, uh, and creator of Crystal Reiki Healer. And I am so grateful to be back here with you, joining you for another Crystal of the Week segment here on the Fox Den. So let's dive in. So as Gina mentioned, for this week's show, I really felt called to the energy of sodalite. Let me show you my babies here. Oh, I have a little heart. This crystal is absolutely wonderful for that journey within ourselves. So giving us that outside perspective to help us better understand our patterns, our behaviors, and their effect on our lives. Sodalite is number 43 in I got that right. Yeah, number 43 in my new Oracle deck, Raise Your Vibes Crystal Cards out now. Yay, exciting. Um, and this is a crystal of self-awareness as per the card. It activates our third eye chakra, soothing our emotional body while seeing that connection between intuitive dream states and our present physical reality. This connection also soothes our emotional body, right? So that we can we can really see the path that's laid out before us, showing us how to take that next step on our journey, which, you know, for many of us post-COVID, that can be very tricky. Um, now, while often, often, um, sodalite, hi, Mary Jane, often sodalite is confused with lapis lazuli. So if you're ever in a crystal shop and you're looking, it's really easy to tell the difference because sodalite will not have that golden pyrite coloring in there. And it's always going to be just that simple blue and white when you're getting sodalite. Sunset sodalite, that's a whole nother crystal and we'll get into that another day. Um, but ways you can use this crystal, it can be worn as jewelry um, in your crystal grids, which I love, of course, under your pillow as you sleep. And as you know, I love to take them in, tuck them into my bra, but you know, a pocket will do just as well. And of course, it's wonderful to hold in your hands while you meditate, especially when you're, you know, journeying outside yourself or different realms. Um, it's a great one to work with. And of course, I love to leave you with a wonderful affirmation to help you connect with your crystals energy. And for Sodalite, it is, I am fully awakened and aligned within my mind's highest vibration. And that wraps up our crystal segment of the week. Thank you, ladies, so much for having me. I really hope that this has brought some value to your show. As always, I'm putting us up back up here. Um, <laughs> there we are. Hi, 
Hi, only switch. So I am hearing that uh, Michael's back. I am hearing that the cards are amazing. <laughs> yeah, we don't have our cards. We don't have ours yet. I know, I know. Well, I'll I'll give you a little story of what happened after. I, I don't want to put it out um, in public with my publisher, but um, everything is good. Everything is okay. I'm uh, just a little bit perturbed. It's been crazy, right? It's been good. <laughs> it's been good. Her, her card sales. Everyone that's got the cards has been saying it's a, they're amazing. Aww, yeah, thank I've you. had cards drawn for me. Thank you very much. Oh. oh, I love that. I love not from me then. No. <laughs> Which card did you get? Which crystal did you get? Oh gosh, you're gonna ask me to put that one in the brain. I know, I know. So well, you know, you said it, so I thought I would <laughs> it wasn't onyx? No I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, pyrite. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. I just pulled that for another um a client yesterday. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, and Mary Jane got hers and she says they slide so nicely. Oh, I love that. I love that. I so love to hear that. So what we're hearing is, aside from the, the deck itself, Thank you. like the energy that you put into it, but the quality of the deck is really good too. Thank you. They did a really, really nice job. I mean, you never kind of know how things are going to turn out, but Watkins has been such a blessing in that way. I mean, Razor Vibes came out looking so beautiful. Yeah, there it is. That it is, it is beautiful. Are beautiful. I mean, even on the cards, it has like this nice, you can tell, like they have like, nice. like sheen to them. And um, I forget what they call that, where it like gloss in the light. High gloss. High gloss. Well, it's not even a glass. It's like it's got this extra like. Um, Iridescent? Not iridescent. Yes, oh, okay. I think it's okay. iridescent. I think that's the word I'm looking for. I used to have, yeah, I used to have uh, cards. I did that with my Fox cards. They had the iridescent. Oh, I love it. It just adds like that extra sparkle like and that energy. And they're crystal cards, so they should sparkle, right? So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. Michael. 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 Yeah. And she has a pleasure to yeah. meet you. Perfect. Me. Well, I loved your, your last presentation when I was on. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Mary Jean Holographic. Holographic. Thank you. That's it. Yeah. Yes, uh, I love it. And I saw that, you know, yours is, you know, that journey and, um, you know, opening that consciousness and subconsciousness, bringing them together. So I thought, well, that's so delight, right? So um, <laughs> if anybody's kind of maybe struggling to wrap their heads around that concept, this is a great crystal to hopefully, you know, mm. help them, you know, Right. Lighten themselves. Have that and hold on to that while you're, you know, trying to dive into all this concepts and a spiritual journey, basically. So, I mean, you know, you can. It's all about the journey. Yeah. You know, dive into this right after that. And then you want to find out about some pretty incredible past lives. Oh, yeah. He's been everything. God, he's been everything. But to to recap all those those lives and to remember them and do you actually see yourself like what you exactly you look like? I mean, are you living the life as you? Uh, I, I'm knowing, and it's mainly a, a, a knowing experience. I, I see some things. It, it's uh, yeah, it's more uh, really informational, actually. Yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's but pretty but I did you know I did I did capture what I looked like when I was on the other two planets typically you know oh, I nice. had different colored skin and different hair mm. 
you know, and how strange I looked. Uh, I would look. <laughs> well, you I look, would say well, it's... Some of the I wouldn't want to meet in this life would be too scary <laughs> for me. <laughs> and it's similar to how you see yourself now, right? Like you can see your arms, you see your legs. But I mean, unless you're looking into a mirror, um, you know, like I can tell I have blondish hair, right? So I feel like it's kind of, at least for me, when I've done post life regression, it's um, like I see, like I see myself now, but I look different, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, right. No, I, I had an idea of what I look like in, in the Earth lives, but in the, the other planetary lives, I look quite different, although I was a human. And, and, and the, on the first planet, uh, you know, it's more exotic and colorful, but but it was just strange on the scene. I mean, if you read those descriptions. Mm. All right. Thank you, Colette. I know you've been very stressed lately. Um, you know, we're always saying mm -hmm. prayers for you. We give you all our hugs and love and you know, for you and your husband. Both. There's just a lot going on there. So, sorry. <laughs> that's okay you know what we all have so i feel like it's there's so much going on for everybody everywhere it's kind of an interesting time and um you know working with let's see if i can point the right way working with um you know michael goddard's work and his book can really help us give some perspective so you know it's even if right now seems really hard like think about the trials and the lessons you've gone through to get here and mm -hmm. the ones you have to learn here now so that you can move on to, you mm -hmm. know, the next. It's mm -hmm. it, it helps with that to have some perspective, I feel like, when you're especially when you're going through harder, harder times here in the now. Yeah. I know. Have you ever gone through a life that has such upheaval as we do now, like with the COVID and with the political nonsense? and everything that is like it just seems like this is such a different different it, things have gotten very intense and extreme uh but it was meant to and as things get heavier more and more people will turn to spirituality yes you know um so you know that's the positive effect we're going through i mean i i was in the middle of everything in tibet because i was, I was basically the um Secretary of Diplomacy, so I was dealing with China uh, a lot. That's where, uh, and you know, one of my childhood friends uh, got held up and quite beaten up by Chinese officials at one point. So that was that was a very delicate life, um, having having to master all the ins and outs of, of the government and, and Lhasa and everything. And it was exciting being in the country, you know. Uh, shortly after we became independent, when I was in, in Baltimore, but but that life is all about making a living in architecture and searching. I mean, I was, I, you know, I discovered the Comte de Saint Germain, you know, who's a master, of, of about a hundred years before that. So I was reading everything I could on him. So there's always horrific things going on in the world, wonderful things. The main thing is to really focus on your path. You know, be kind every day. Um, use your intuition. I mean, if you need or if you want readings, I did a lot of tarot I, actually in high school and through my 30s and 40s. My, my best friend was a professional uh, tarot reader, so we would give each other readings, which yeah. was an awful, awfully lot of fun and, and fascinating. 
we do uh, we don't do so much of the tarot we do more of the oracle you know? oh, the oracle yeah, yeah well, he he did yeah we did tarot i mean i've, I've used oracle cards before and i've loved it and and your new deck was it's really amazing i'm sorry i missed the introduction but i i had to take a call from from nature actually it's a two-hour show. You know, it's right. a minute. <laughs> yeah, I know. I so. turned off all my ringers, but but nature's still Thank running. You. Thank you for that. <laughs> I like that one. I'm I'm using that now. You know that, Gina. It's, it's calling. I just gotta go take this call. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, what I tell people. I'm most, uh, you're, it's out of the bag now, though. <laughs> yeah, yep. but that—that's um, you know, tr trusting, hope, and faith. That's a good. That's that's a that's a beginning. I mean, like for all of us, though, I really believe, though, since the beginning of COVID, like I, before that, the spirituality really big time movement and just oh, yeah. taking mm -hmm. place. Once COVID hit and the panic stopped, you know, mm -hmm. people really started connecting. I yeah. do think it's making a difference in like the overall vibration of the whole planet. Yeah, I think things for me, I think I saw things started to change in 2012. Now it's supposed to be the end of the world, blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah, kind of the really beginning of that, you know, everybody getting connected. You know, before yeah. that, it was all the monks and the priests and the people that went. Yeah with the monks and the and you know and the buddhas and going off to thailand and you know tibetan and blah 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 and it's like okay um you have to go join an ashram you know and, it, and you don't you know you can do this in your living room you can do this by by reading by connecting with all you can create your sacred space for your spiritual work anywhere you know i mean exactly even just you know sitting in your i always say like even if you're just sitting in your car for a moment you know pulled over and you just take a moment for yourself that's your your sacred space and um a lot of us turned into that because you know there's always a silver lining i mean look at how much people have studied and grown during this mm -hmm. time too and had clarity in relationships and brought people either closer or those not meant to be together apart but it was amazing because otherwise we we're just kind of going through life like just yeah, going through the motions you know, without going, actually living like, it yeah it's yeah, kind of a reset yeah button you know absolutely it's taught people you know what a precious gem they have in their life and how fragile it is and people really i think some of them have changed direction really and, and really refocused so all the tools are out there to, to help help you illuminate further yeah, and there really is. There's so many. There's so many great teachers. So many great books. These are these are some awesome books right here. I do not have bliss. I gotta have bliss. I'm, I'm getting your bliss. Same, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But these get these are are um, pretty amazing. And I love. You know what I love? I love the feeling. I don't know what this this material is here, but this book feels so neat. It's mm. not. It sounds oh, nice. lovely too. Yeah, it's nice. It's like ASMR. I was, just, I was yeah. just thinking that. Like, yeah. Sometimes you, you you read a book and it's like you know this one's normal, just the glossy feels right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's just something about this one that it's just it just it feels different. Gina's gonna make an ASMR video. With the book. I know. Right? The, the colors 
that, that was actually a very controversial cover because it's so simple. Uh, but the title sort of plays off Marcel Proust's you know, book in search of lost time, which is like, the greatest novel. But the colors are kind of symbolic of our field of being, which is the teal. And, and, and the red is our blood flowing through the field of being. There's always a meaning, right? Always yeah, a meaning. That's, that's what came through to me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I wanted to leave room for the for the award seals, and we we tried the designer tried to put the award seals on a new now, you know, from the nine awards at one, but it was just so cluttered, and 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 I love the the cover told such a beautiful story and so powerful. I said no, let's just let's just put it on in the front matter, so. Yeah. So that cover is just devoid of the uh, the award sales. Now on Bliss, you have a um, dandelion. Dandelion, absolutely, yes. Nice. I, I love that. I love that cover. Um, that that they did yeah. for me. Um, I actually one of my dearest oldest friends who lives in Puerto Vallarta. She, she said this is the first thing she looks at every morning when she gets up to meditate. She has the cover right there. So if it, God's will, more bliss will, will come out. Uh, bliss is about the 33 essential uh, spiritual strengths and virtues. And more bliss, which is finished, is about the 33 elevating spiritual strengths and virtues. Very, very. Sorry to cut you off, Michael, but uh, we have to throw say, Athena out. Say bye-bye to Athena. She's got to go pick up the little princess. I'm She's got to go be super mom. Yeah. Wonderful seeing you again, Athena. Amazing to meet you, Michael. Thank you, ladies, so much for having me on here. And, and we'll catch up soon. We'll catch up soon, Michael. I'm wishing you so much success in your in your oh, new book too. Thank you. I wish you all the best and all your success. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Many blessings. Bye, love. We'll see you next week. Okay. She cut her own self off. There we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. I'll switch you guys. Hey, let me do it. <laughs> oh <laughs> my goodness! What what tricks you have? <laughs> well, we can teach them to you when you start your own show and do your own thing. We'll teach it all to you. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I missed that. I said when you do when you decide to create your own show, we will teach all you teach you all the little oh, tricks. Oh, you know, I've, I've been I've been invited twice to start my own podcast, but um, I, I I I felt it would take me away from writing. Uh, you know, yeah, no, we want you to keep writing because then we can have you back on the show. Right. Thank you. Spirituality, um, you're getting in touch with your higher self uh, to, to live a new now, um, your new now, spiritually enlightened, um, search of lost lives. He, he has like over 4,000 lost uh, past That's lives that he has gotten in touch with. Spiritual revolution is just a great little Bible to have in your pocket. Um, it truly is. Uh, use your money as trust as a trust from God. Um, don't complain. Adjust. <laughs> so just you know these all these cool things. Give an Oscar caliber performance in all your roles. You know, like just all these things. You know, um, they're great affirmations. They're great. Resets. It's all resets. That's perfect.
perfectly put. It, it, it re-centers you, you know, helps you return to your spiritual center and it's building your spiritual foundation. Yeah, right. And a lot of a lot of people I've, I've heard just will open the book to what they feel like opening and it's just right, right there for them. Yeah, I love doing that. I really do. I mean, I, you know, usually when I get a book, I read it, you know, cover to cover. But then it's like, oh, well, this is a cool one that I can do that. And I know that when you're going through the rough times and you're going through tough times, there's certain books I pick up. And I say, I know if I open to the right page, I'm going to read what I need to read. Yes. This, is, this is, you know, definitely that type of a, a book for me, you know, because yeah. they laugh easily. All right. You know what I mean? Like what is it that you're going to need? You say that, you say that to the universe, just like you do when you're doing tarot cards or, or yep. cards, yep. what is it that I need? What is it that this person needs? You know, yeah, draw a card, open a book, drop a page. Yep. And yep. it makes it simple because sometimes we make things more complicated for ourselves or the creators of certain cards and decks make it. Don't get me wrong. I love Oracle decks. I love my tarot decks. Um, I still re read tarot like I do my oracle, but the books sometimes make it more complicated. With this, it's just short, sweet, and to the point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah so I, I wanted to make it as, as simple and as concise as, as possible. Oh, it definitely is. It definitely is. It, it really well done. I mean, you are oh, a writer, so you definitely, thank you know, you. In your spiritual journey and you're grooming through all your lives, it's like the perfect culmination for what we need right here in this present life. Exactly. Yeah. And the thing is, you write it for, for, for just as I thought, regular people. You know, because some people who write books sometimes they write them like there's like big words that I gotta take. Yeah, the scholars, the scholarly, and the, you know, yeah. And, want everything to be accessible to people and, and yeah. feel that I'm a, a warm, encouraging uh, friend and presence with them. Because I'm, I, I, I feel like I'm, I have reader with me when I'm writing, actually, and revising. Yeah. It's a good feeling, uh, actually. Yeah, you definitely, you're, you're very personal, you're very, you connect well, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. you, you do get your point across like that, and you're funny. I mean, you, you, write, you write some funny, funny stuff, definitely, but amazing stuff. I mean, I just can't, I gotta, I keep going back to these, you know, these past lives. Um, Bosnia, you're in Bosnia and Swedish um, intermediary and Swedish teacher and, and the, the dates, you have the dates down. It's, yeah, that surprised me how readily I got all the dates. I mean, I, I could get the birth dates if I wanted to, but, mm -hmm. but yeah, I have all the dates. Uh, and as you see, as I came more and more to present time, I have fewer and fewer years between lives because some people may not come back for 200 years or 300 years. Yeah. So I was coming back toward the end every 12 or 13 years because I was like on an accelerated course of spirituality to prepare me for this life. Now, do you have a, a belief, and I kind of do, all right, that, all right, I know I'm an old soul. I know I've had many, many lives, too. <clears throat> I, I only know of a few that I've seen, and I've been shown a couple times now, you know. Um, but do you think, like, you get to a point where, all right, 
you're just done. You're just done. Well, I, I really do feel this is my last human life and I won't be coming back. But um, when you, a lot of people say, well, you're an old soul or she's a young soul. Actually, I think a better term is you've been here as a human many times and grown and evolved greatly. Because when you think about it, or is your perception, souls don't have any age because they're immortal. So, I mean, the soul of a zebrafish is really as old, you know, as, as we are. So, you know, I was talking to a very famous host, you know, who couldn't get over the fact that I knew I had 4,137 human lives. And coast to coast. And, and, and what? And coast to coast? I won't, I won't say. But, <laughs> but I, I, so I said, well, how many lives do you think you've had as a human? He said, well, maybe 12. And I said, oh my God, to be where you are, to be, to reach this level of seeking and knowledge and wisdom, I would be surprised if you had less than, you know, 2,500 or 3,000 human lives, to tell you the mm -hmm. truth. I, I would, you know, I, this is quite likely maybe your third planet. You've been on other planets before. I think so, we underestimate things a lot in our life. Well, we don't. We, you know, we, we're born under, you know, this cloud of unknowing. Mm -hmm. it, it seems like kind of a raw deal we've been given because we we don't have the knowledge. But th but that's sort of the, the boom. But you, can clear, but you can clear that out. It is that mind working against you. Your own mind is working against you, basically. Yeah. So, well, 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 the mind really, until you are the master of your mind, your, your mind really is not your best friend because it just wants to go all over creation. So it's really a question of, do you want to stay in creation and not know what your next lives are? Or do you want to leave and achieve immortality? It's really comes down to that. You know, um, from a young age, I knew I wanted to leave. I wanted to have an existence where I didn't have any suffering. I just lived in bliss and love. You know, maybe uh, it had something like my family this lifetime. I call them all first timers. We've never had any past lives before. And believe me, I, I grew up in a war zone. You know, the best feature of my house that we lived in is that my bedroom had a lock on it because I needed it every night okay. and during the day. Uh, many, many times I had to run to my bedroom and lock the door to save my, my life. So um, that was a good incentive for <laughs> getting out of here, to tell you the truth. Definitely. Yeah. But, and a lot of people, you know, and I'm not telling people anyway to lead their lives. A lot of people want to come back and, and do good and help the planet. Uh, a lot of people are just really attached to being good, doing good. So that is that is their place this lifetime. Yeah. The main thing is to really know who you are and be true to yourself. I mean, I talk about knowing thyself in the beginning of a new now. And I think I think too though that people um, that have lived so many lives too don't have such a fear of death coming that I think more newer lives have a real big fear of death. Yeah, I, I really don't have any fear of death. I, I think I may have a fear of what's gonna happen before I die, but as to actual dying, you know, I, I won't have any, I don't really have any fear. Um, yeah, because I, I absolutely have none. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I really and, and one of the things I, I actually personally found really 
unusual and fascinating is I write about the many deaths I had in the past life book. And really, I've covered all bases <laughs> with these deaths, you know, yeah. all kinds of ways. I mean, in the beginning of my spiritual evolution, three planets ago, when I was a, a woman, I'm Jorlu and I have six children, and my husband was akin to a lawyer. Um, that life, I was going somewhere and I stopped and sat down and rested and drank water out of a flask, and a huge, huge nut, like three times heavier than a coconut, fell down and crashed me on my head. Oh, that's a good way to go. Yeah, yeah that was it. That's how I left. <laughs> and there was the other life where I ended up in quicksand. That was on another planet. And I was swallowed slowly in quicksand, and that's how I met my end. Wow. But so, you I was shown a I was shown a life several times that um that why I'm afraid of marriage. It's like I had why you're afraid of what? Marriage. I was oh, yeah. into, you know, an arranged marriage. My dad wanted me to, to marry, you know, this this man. It was like this this arranged thing. But he was after my money, but he killed me on my wedding day. And he used an axe right in my face and threw me over a cliff. I oh, my God. Before, before, and this just came back out again. But it does, you know, it brings... All your, all your fears have a basis. Like, wherever we've lived, I've, a really important fact is how, what is your elevation? I was afraid of a tidal wave. Well, when I when I was a Lemurian, one of my deaths was, you know, from a tidal wave. Yeah, yeah. Or as a mer person, they had a big, big storm which wiped mm -hmm. out a lot of, you know, her kind. You know, she yeah. was actually washed up on a rock with two others, and that's how she passed from that life. You know, it's a lack of a better word. I air drowned. Mm. I, I wasn't in the water anymore. I was out, and I couldn't get out couldn't get mm. back in so that's where i died craziness you know like how those things how those things happen but it, it, everything happens for a reason whether we understand them or not and i know some people saying well the, the bad things that happen they for a reason find that reason there is a reason it may you know good bad or otherwise there's always something we get it's a learning experience. Well, well, you can you can make it a learning experience as yeah. to know as to knowing you know the actual karmic cause of it. That may be you know that may be beyond your knowing, but but everything happens. And and also the other point is not to create new bad karma, not to create pain. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a real biggie that a lot of people are oblivious of. I think about it sometimes, creating pain for certain people, but I know it's, <laughs> it, it's going to come back and bounce its butt on me, so I don't. So a lot of people go, "Oh, Mama D is so nice, you're so sweet." There, there's like you said, there's this time where you're you're like you see this person and she's sweet and adorable, but it's like there there's these lines that you have not to cross with me, and when you cross them. Heaven help you, heaven, God, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I've got a big old backyard. I'm going to bury your ass back there one day. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a reason, like the Buddha asked, you know, before you speak, ask, you know, is it true? Is it kind? Mm -hmm. uh, I forget the, the third thing. But, you know, if, if somebody slashes you with a knife, that can heal in time. It may leave a scar. But if somebody you know, betrays you and says really bad things to you, you, you can remember that and be hurt for the rest of your life yeah exactly so it's really important uh, to be as kind as possible if you don't have something nice to say it's rather just to be quiet because virtually everybody is is 
they're victims of their mind. They're, they're really being run by their mind. And as I illustrate in the book, most people you come across, uh, their lower mind is, has the upper hand much of the time. They don't it's have control. A big part of that, asking for forgiveness and mm -hmm. asking to be forgiven and asking them, you know, them to forgive you. And it's always important. I mean, there are like four chapters in spiritual evolution about forgiveness. Yeah, that's really um, forgiveness important. Is, and if a person, I mean, that's very important. I mean, actually, what we really want more than anything is for ourselves to be forgiven for everything we've done in the past. And that's where meditation come, comes in. I mean, yeah. in your meditation, I'm, the meditation I'm doing, I'm really petitioning God to forgive me for everything that I've done and that's keeping me here. Yeah. So, now, forgiveness, I think forgiveness and acceptance go hand in hand because, yes. you know, even if you um, say you you are trying to cleanse your soul, say, you know, and you know you wronged someone and you try mm -hmm. to apologize, well, they may not accept your apology. But in your, your space, your sacred self, you're okay now. Because at least you apologize. Right. But if, if you, yeah, I want to expand on that because if you go to somebody and ask for forgiveness and they won't, God will forgive you. I mean, petition God. Yeah. You put forward the effort. You know, yeah. you can't make them, you know, bend to your will. You know, I mean, it's their will. You know, mm -hmm. either now that they know that you want to be forgiven or you are apologetic or whatever, you know, and it's like, well, maybe it might take time. Well, it does take time to, to get over hurts, um, definitely. But, but you really want to let go because this is your chance to, to, to live on, on a higher plane. And I mean, as well, uh, forgiveness is not, for the way I look at it, this is just my opinion, forgiveness is not about the other person. It's about you. It lets mm -hmm. you release. It lets you breathe. I mean, there's stuff that's been done to me and I've just forgiven it because it's like, they're not going to understand the pain that they put me through. And even if they do, it's not going to make them, you know, they're not going to feel bad about it. So, I mean, I don't forget, you know, but I forgive because it's not doing anybody any good. Most importantly, it's not doing me any good. So, you know, yeah, you're stuck, you get stuck. And yeah, you get stuck in the angry and and that, for me, I always say that when I lose my temper for some reason, something really sort of flips that switch that I, you know, take off. I give myself 15 minutes to to lose it. I'm yeah. not on the person, but on myself, I'll go like where I used to work. I would I would go throw out the trash and <laughs> a full body swing of a trash bag into a giant container. Yeah. That would be my way of expressing the energy. Take that out. Do that 15 minutes, putting out the trash. My boss used to say, it's just nice to have you angry once a week and put out the trash. Like, no, thanks. <laughs> this is just too much for me. But it just, I need to get it out of my system. I can't just ignore it because it's in there. It's going to build up. So ignore it. I do that 15 minutes and then I'm done. And it's like, you can take a deep breath. So everybody has to find their own way. But that's 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 my way. Yeah, and it's good to find your way. And, and forgiveness is really one of the five sources of wisdom I, I write about in the now. Uh, I write about, you know, before listening and intuition. Um, listening. Intuition uh, I, is everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's really one of the, one of the themes, one of the things I focus on in the new now is, is intuition. Uh, 
and developing your intuition and in creating a space for inspiration to come as well. Mm -hmm. And, and very, that. everyone has to trust those, you know, your, your intuition. That, that is, those are direct messages, the direct line from God, from guides, from whatever you want to think. Right? Yeah, you and, call, and, and, but it is, it's a direct line. Right. Yeah. And, and there are different kinds of intuition. You know, it can be just a sudden kind of feeling that you've got to stop something or do something. Or it can just be come unbidden and all of a sudden you know something. But it can also just be a very kind of faint feeling, like in the corner of your mind, that it's important, but if you but it's easily ignored. So I've learned to really kind of focus on it and ask questions. I mean, you have to create your own process to to discover what that intuition is. So there are all, there are really actually different types of intuition that come in different ways. And one of the things I think now does well, um, oh, that's good intuition made me leave my last job. Yeah, and intuition made me leave the bank so I could be a writer, finally, <laughs> after toiling in the tax department. Intuition you know, I knew I change my life. Normal. You know, I, I, I put mm -hmm. that stuff aside for so long, and then I yeah. just stopped ignoring it and just said, nope, okay. All right, you win, you know, and mm -hmm. life has never been the same since. Yeah. 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 So, I know now, in many ways, it's a primer in, in using your intuition. It's really like a, an experiential day to day guide on how to live your best life, you know, how to transform yourself. Great. I was sort of the least content person, uh, partly because I wasn't living as a writer, but now I'm just happy and content. Uh, well, I've gone through a lot and I've, I've learned a lot and I'm, I'm just grateful I'm where I am. I'm grateful for where you are and for what you've done because, yeah. cow, you know, you've written some amazing stuff and, and uh, you are, yeah, like you said, you are in the process of writing another and I can't wait to see. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about this new book, which will really, I mean, I can't give any details, but it really will present spirituality and the truth of existence in an eye-opening, original, creative way, I feel. Yeah. I um, think what's amazing is that when you're, there there are some people out there who, when they write a book, it's just, I'll oh, just got another book, I'll write it and be done with it. But mm -hmm. you can see even for the, I know you can't talk about it, but the little bits that you, that you share with us, you're like, it's like you glow extra. Cause it's like, it's, it is like having a new child on the way. Yep. That's exactly how I feel about so your, it. Your new baby's coming. My God, you got four. It's a long time. It has a pretty long gestation period, but it's, <laughs> it's coming along. Hey, look, aren't elephants pregnant for two years? Yeah. No, no. In this book, I mean, with the past life book, I knew I was writing about past lives. It's a mm -hmm. question of, you know, where do where do I go tonight? Typically, it's like you've got a group of seven new lives to discover, and I go one by one and get all the facts. But with this one, every piece I'm writing, I have no idea it, what I'm getting. It, it has to. It starts with the name of what I'm writing. Yeah. So it's been very challenging, but it's been good to do in the middle of my move because I can only concentrate with great intensity for so long every day, and then take a box or go hang a couple pictures. <laughs> yeah, exactly. no, that who knows when they'll get hung and the books will get shelved, but. 
Uh, just, I've been taking care of a lot of business uh, with companies. Yeah. I, when I moved here, I got, you know, a 3,900 square foot house, you know, and it's packed. Wow. And wow. I think within a month, it looked like I lived here for 15 oh, well, years. Well, November and December, I, well, I did six big donations. Um, and so particularly November, December, it's all about the donations and getting that documented. And, uh, but you've, you've got to attend to your worldly business, you know. In, Absolutely. In yes, yes. You can't. That, this is the thing that really kind of got me about some of the people we've had actually even on the show. Mm -hmm. They go and join the ashrams and this and that. And it's like, it, they, they, to me, it's like, I don't want to down them. I don't. Um, but like a mindless puppet, you know what I mean? Walking around and you don't have your head in real in reality living, you know. Well, it's sort of like, I mean, it reminds, what you're saying reminds me of a few clients who were uh, artistic people, singers, um, body workers, and so like, you know, the universe will deliver. You know, one, like one client got an inheritance, maybe his only one was a quarter of a million dollars, um, mm. which was a fair amount, you know, a few decades ago. It's like he could have bought a condo, but now he just lived off of it till it was gone. And so then he had to get a job as a temp doing clerical work when he was a great opera singer. So it's really about being practical and... Yeah, yeah you still have to live and you have to do the footwork of life, you know, but this, but doing things, you know... Responsibly. Is yeah, yeah, responsible, yes, but this, this is just a, a premise for doing it easier and better, and it gives you a good kickoff for your next life. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if like, people are, are fairly self centered, so if you really want to take care of yourself, you're gonna you're, you want to be cognizant of what you're what you're setting yourself up for your, your next life, yeah. Because unless you're doing, unless you don't have any attachments, attachments are what bring you back. I mean, I mean, you can meditate three hours a day, but if you're totally attached to some people or some things, that's going to pull you back. But if you just want to keep going for God, you're going to be you're going to be accelerating into the spiritual. But it's also really key, which we don't talk about, is to. If, if you if you're really serious about not coming back you want to look for the highest teacher i mean i i first did a meditation i mean I used to meditate on my own and then i started a meditation when i went to england for my junior year abroad and i knew this teacher wasn't for me but it was just something i could do uh, that would advance me but you want to align your goals and your purpose with what the teacher is, is purporting to do what they're promising. I mean, if you spend your whole life looking for the right teacher or guru oh. or master, it is time well worth spent. And that's what I did my last life when I uh, was a co-owner of an English office supply company. Never that, was my, that was my secret life. I read book after book after book, trying to find what I was trying to find. Mm. Now, and it really prepared me for this life because when I go into the San Francisco, which I call the city with my mother, who's an artist, we would go to art galleries, mm -hmm. and which I really enjoyed. But after a while, I, and they were all on Sutter Street where most of the galleries were. 
well, there was a metaphysical bookshop uh, on Sutter Street. And after a while, I'd say, can I, can I take a break? And she said, sure, and we'd make arrangements of where to meet. And I would go to the metaphysical bookshop. And I just knew I was looking for a particular book, but I had no idea what it was. And I would pull down book after book, I would skim it and look at the table of contents, and I would put it back, and I knew it wasn't the book. Right. So when I finally found the right book, uh, it was in Berkeley at Shambhala on Telegraph Avenue. By the time I finished the preface, I knew this is what I've been searching for since I was 10 and 11. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, curi I'm curious. Michael, you said that you believe that this is your last last lifetime on this planet, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And Dave's just uh, said in the chat room that, uh, you know, he knows that this is his last time in, in this reality. Gina, do you think this is your last time? Yeah, 100%. Okay, so I'm the only one who knows that I'm coming back. No. Yeah, I'm done here. I think I'm done. Yeah. I really do. I don't feel like I have. I've, I don't feel like I have anything that I, I need, I'm needing to learn, but I feel like I'm coming back that I have, that it's something that I want to share. There's something I want to help with. So that's, that's where my thing is. I'm not mm -hmm. sure what it is, but I know that I'm but, this is not Manasta. And that's a really good point, uh, Mama D, because, you know, after this life between lives, you, you, there's a good chance you're going to be prepared for it. Yeah. Now, in Search of Lost Lives, I write about my cohort of seven. This is like my cohort of minds and souls mm -hmm. where we're uh, evolving together spiritually and we be, be in contact with different spiritual teachers and preparing for our, our next life. So it may be really a thrilling, uh, benevolent thing you're going to be preparing for, Mama D. So that, mm -hmm. that's exciting. I just mm -hmm. keep saying people ain't gonna give yeah. me the anatomy because I I have this running joke, like people say, um, you know, I'll, when I pass on or something, and I'd be like, mm -mm, no, nope, I've already been there, and they're not, they can't handle me, and they're afraid of me down there, so I'm here for eternity because I just know <laughs> that this is not this this physical body will go at some point in time, but the 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 soul, it's not done here. Now, as to why, what it is I'm going to teach, it's something that I want to do. It's not something that I have to do. It's not something for me to learn, but it's something that I have to share, that I have to teach. I have well, to it's a service you want to, you want yeah. to give people. It's, and it's, it's like, yeah. It's, it's and, and Mary Jane says same same for her. And it, it's just, and it's funny because most people I either hear, they go, oh, no, I don't want to come back. Or, oh, this is the end. I don't want, you know, I'm not coming back. They're so sure on not wanting to or not going to. But I'm like, oh, I'm sure I'm coming well, back. Well, yeah, but the thing is, they, they may be unaware of, of, everybody has a reserve of karma. And mm -hmm. their karmas may bring them back regardless of what they want. Uh, true, very true. I mean, if, if you have deaths, you, you know, maybe they will exist in an inner plane for a seeming eternity. Mm -hmm. But until the karma is paid off, you're going to be coming back. Well, yeah. Ideally, as a human, if you've been kind enough. <laughs> <laughs> Although some human lives are, are, are pretty tough. I've been kind. I, that that uh, life when I was a mother, you know, when I ended up getting uh, clunked on the head by that humongous coconut-like thing, I did come back 
as a dog, actually. But it was not a hard life because I was so tired and tuckered out from the six children and running around. I just wanted to be taken care of and have an easy time. I know. I, I would love to come back as one of my pets. <laughs> oh, I know. As, People, as much as I love my pet and, and you know, pamper my pet. I mean, oh, yeah. No, I think a lot of, well, a lot of dogs have been humans in their past life and and they come back and, and they have great lives. I mean, so many people, particularly uh, people who boarded my dog and know me, they said, your dog is just so lucked out. He's so, he's so lucky, mm -hmm. but I'm lucky to have him. He's a wonderful Yeah, companion. yeah, we're so, yeah. we love it. I mean, I got Biscuit um, now, after my Lacey passed away and my, I wear my oh. for Lacey, but um, it rescued this little Chihuahua mix I couldn't love him anymore. I mm -hmm. he's like right on my side all the time. All well, the time. well, the joy about um, pets, particularly dogs, but also cats, but even hamsters and rabbits, is that you know you can just really give them your love without any ego being involved. Yeah, and there's no history of what he said and what you said. So I, I, you know, I think I think pets are just a gift. Totally, totally. You know, and I swear I think Bob gets jealous of Biscuit sometimes. <laughs> Biscuit smooches you and gets no problems. Like, smooches, smooches, mommy. Yeah, you take care of me like that. It's like, because you can take care of yourself and he can't. Exactly. You have hands and thumbs. Well, you, you can interact with, with the animals without without your ego, without. Yeah, just, there's, there's no question. Easier. Yeah. yeah, there's no questioning. It just it is what it is. That's that saying. I hate that saying, but that's what with an animal, it is what it is. There's no there's no yes, they love you for food. Yeah, but you know, you don't have food and they're still gonna love you. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's you don't give Bob his Dunkin' Donuts coffee, he won't love you no more. <laughs> I'm like, hey, come on, Bob, admit it. If you don't give up the Dunkin' Donuts, you don't give him like what? It's so true. What is I know, and he's, he sits here. He's so patient. He's got his little oh. and everything. Actually, I name I name my dog Bhakti. Oh. Ph. Do you know what? Have you heard of the word Bhakti? No. No. B a b h a k t i. It, it oh, Sanskrit. Sanskrit. Sanskrit for devotion. Oh, very nice. And, and actually, I I actually practice Bhakti yoga and Sarat Shabbat yoga. And Surat Shabbat Yoga is like the union of a soul with, with the Lord, with the love source. But it is, it is Bhakti Yoga. Well, I'm not that creative with my names. But like Lacey got her name because when I first brought her home, she would, little teeny, teeny, teeny Lacey, would go down the hall, grab my mm. shoes, and make a pile of shoes at the top of the stairs. And the, you know the little plastic tips on the laces? <laughs> she would chew those. Not oh. the shoes. So just the little lace tips. So that's how she got her name, Lacey. Oh. <laughs> and Biscuit mm -hmm. had his name before he came to me, but I, I call him everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> everything. Biscabooter. Yeah. Well, for me, for me, oh, so far, the animals that I have in the house were all uh, named from their color. Now, Onyx, he is Shih Tzu, and his name is Onyx. So you would assume to look at a black dog. When he when I got him, he was mostly black and browns and reds, a tiny little bit of white. But that's so my daughter saw him and she said, Oh mom, he's his name is Onyx. It's perfect. I was like, okay. First haircut he got, now he's all white. So yep. it's kind of off. He's all, 
It's a white dog and it's called Onyx. I said, look at his nose. It's <laughs> I have I have a red cat, yeah, a ginger on. cat. Who I call her, call him Ember, like embers of a fire. So, I, I it's getting it's getting close to our time. Are there any outstanding questions that have come through? No, I think we're, we're it's a quiet day. I'm not sure what's going on. It's a quiet day. I think everybody's with this. For me up here, the weather is like, Ugh. Yeah. but we will be. Uh, we have had quite a few that have popped in and out. We've had 15 people popping in and out, so which generally means that they will be catching up on the 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 audio version later. So, and sometimes we do get people who message in the, the, the either, usually it's the YouTube version and the Facebook, they will message and they have questions. So Gina and I, we do take care of that there. <laughs> yep, yep. But I want you to, to recap because I think it's really important. Yeah. The difference between higher mind, better mind and nobler mind. Well, well, that's really kind of describing the, the same thing. They're, using you know adjectives to describe it better but your higher better nobler mind i differentiate from your lower mind and your higher better nobler mind is what makes someone you know like, like uh, well a noble creature who exemplifies the virtues it, what makes somebody really a saint they will have a their higher mind is predominant your lower mind is the mind that makes you lose control. I mean, why do people do stupid things, you know, get drunk, get dr go driving and get in an accident? Yeah. Um, their, their lower mind is in control. I mean, why do people say hurtful, hateful things? Their lower mind is taken over. So um, that's the main thing. The thing is to, to really develop an awareness of when you're acting out of your lower mind and to do the spiritual work, whatever it is, whatever you're pulled to, to empower your higher, your higher mind. And what would you say to people that are just starting out on their spiritual journey? Um, what would be a good way for them to get in touch meditation wise? Like, would it be? Well, well, the chapter on the wisdom of doing nothing would I think they might enjoy reading. Uh, and just take a minute or two minutes and just do nothing and open yourself to God. Whatever you want to call that higher being. If you don't if you're an atheist, that's fine. You yeah. can challenge. You know, I don't believe in you, but I'm challenging you. <laughs> and yeah. don't expect miracles. I mean, the miracle is that you're thinking that no, there's no God. I mean I mean, the opposite of, I mean, people who, who hate something passionately really love that thing. So just take a moment, take time out. We are slaves of time. We're living in the domain of time. So do your best to take time out, to just be with your best self and, and do nothing and allow, allow the love source or God, whatever you want to call, you know, the great mother, I like the love source. Does people get afraid of the word God for whatever reason? Well, well they are, and Lord has all these connotations. So I, I like love source or supreme being. I feel it's a good, uh, a good word because we're part of that thing. I mean, think of the supreme being as you know, think of the sun, and we're rays of the sun, and we can go back to the sun. Yeah, 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 absolutely. All right. Well, listen, everybody, I think um, I think we've covered so much stuff and it's just you guys got to get these books, right? If you're 
if you're interested in the lives that this man <laughs> has documented here, which is a fascinating read, it's just so cool. Check it out. Just so cool. But if you re you really want to uh, improve your life and you want to live a better now, you know, this is the way to do it. This is like, it is like having a little, this is a nightstand book. You put it on the nightstand, you can open it up to any page. It can start your day. All right. If you're, if you're struggling, you can open up to any page. It's not, it's a quick read because it's fast. It's concise. It's precise. Mm -hmm. You know, so you can read it cover to cover in a day easy. Okay. But when you, when you comprehend what is in here, you're going to want to keep it handy to open it up and do that just to see the message that the universe or the light love source is, is trying to share with you. Yeah. Yeah. Reaffirm a lot of things, you know, okay. and, and it, it is a big reset, you know, and we all need that. So again, but we, um, we, we're going to, we're going to say good night to everybody. And, um, Michael hang, hang with us for a few minutes. I really, I'm really loving things to both of you. It's just been a delight to, to be with you and change everything. Uh, well, I, you know, I, I wish you the best of luck on the new book too. And you have to let us know. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I will. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, you all, we will see you next week. I don't, have handy because I've just been too out straight um, who our guest is next week, but I'm sure it's going to be great. And <laughs> it always is, right? But thank you, Michael. And oh, thank you, Gina and Mama D. See you all next week. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of The Fox Den with Gina B and Mama D. We are here every Thursday evening from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, bringing you a variety of guests. We stream live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, as well as all our Anchor FM venues. We hope you enjoyed our show, our guest, and our featured Crystal of the Week segment with Athena Barry. And we would also appreciate it and love it if you would go to our YouTube channel, The Fox Den with Gina B and Mama D. Subscribe, like, and definitely hit that notification button to never miss a show. We'll see you all next week. And subscribers, watch for our pop-up shows as well.